What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Tuesday, March 9th, 2021. Thank you very much for tuning in today. There was not a spring training game yesterday, and I was worried that perhaps I was not going to have much to talk about, but thankfully, some stuff did arise, thanks in large part to Tiger's Twitter and some takes by one Lynn Henning. I am going to discuss those because in general, I just I was a bit surprised by them, but the more I thought about them, the more they made a little bit of sense, and I do want to talk about that. There was one uh, thing that I forgot to mention yesterday. Grayson Griner took a 94-mile-per-hour fastball to the face. I uh, allegedly the game wasn't televised, so no one knows if it actually happened, but he posted a photo and yeah, it was brutal. Obviously I'm joking there. I, I wish him the best. I've been probably about as critical as anybody of his game, but I don't, I don't dislike Grayson Griner by, by any means at all. He's handled himself professionally. I believe that his presence on a major league roster is indicative of a major of the a bigger problem with this organization, which is that they just don't have a whole lot of talent personally, but Obviously, you wish him the best, and you want him to come back healthy. I mean, I know as critical as I am, I don't want anybody to get hurt or be injured. With that said, if we're just talking about this from a baseball standpoint, man, I just can't help but feel like this is Jake Rogers' shot. Like, I don't know what kind of ball player Jake Rogers is yet. I don't know if any of us do. I have an idea, I mean, I think so. I have a hunch, uh, a rather educated hunch, but no one knows definitively with that said, I think we're going to find out this year. And with Griner on the shelf for a little bit, the backup catcher job should be Jake Rogers at this point. I mean, if you would have asked me three years ago that in 2021, it was going to be Wilson Ramos who was going to be starting for this team, and it was going to be Grayson Griner and Jake Rogers fighting, fighting for a backup catcher spot that, let's be honest here, 90% of catchers in baseball uh, probably would have already taken a hold of. I mean, the fact that these guys, I mean, we're talking about two guys who in the limited action they've seen at the major league level, obviously Grinder's seen a lot more than Jake Rogers, have been two of the worst hitters in their sport. It's been pretty darn frustrating how limited Jake Rogers' skill set has been since getting the call up in 2019. If he's going to find something, he better do it soon because he's already been behind the eight ball. He's what, 26, 27 years old. He's got to find it at some point. Okay, moving on, there's one guy in Tiger Spring Training who has been a pleasant surprise so far that I haven't talked about, and that is one Akil Badu. Akil Badu was a Rule 5 draft pick by the Tigers this year. Lefty bats, he's going to be 22 this year, and Rule 5 drafts are the biggest crapshoot in the world. I, I get why teams have them. I especially get why non-competitive teams have them and employ these guys. And yes, there are examples of Rule 5 picks who have gone on to do amazing things. Johan Santana, prime example. He's probably the greatest Rule 5 pick of all time. One, two Cy Youngs, probably should have been three. Dan Uglow was another one. Scott Pudsednik, you know, take your pick. There was, there's been some good Rule 5 picks. But in general, most Rule 5 picks in baseball amount to pretty much nothing. There is, for the most part, and there are those guys who slip through the cracks, but for the most part... There is a reason why guys have been in the minor leagues for four or five years before they get fall into the, the Rule 5 draft. Kiel Badu was acquired by the Tigers in the Rule 5 draft, like I said, and has been a, a pleasant surprise so far in spring training. You know, Rule 5 drafts are all about upside. You get a guy who you think you can work with, who you can develop into something. Victor Reyes has been 
the, the golden goose of this organization for several years. I mean, they've just fallen in love with the guy. I, you know, I, I've talked about this enough. I, I personally don't see it. I don't think he's a bad player. He's definitely come along more than I expected him to, but this idea that the Tigers seem to have that he's a starting outfielder, I think is a little bit ridiculous. I think he'd be much better uh, coming off the bench or being a fourth outfielder. But here we go. All of a sudden, a firestorm started on Twitter by Lynn Henning, who's, I mean, is he retired? I, I think he was he was with the, the news for a long time. I'm not sure if he's still retired. I think he's semi-retired, but he sent out a tweet. And look, whether you agree with Lynn Henning's opinions or not, the fact is him and McCoskey have more of an in with the organization than any other writers in the state. I mean, I think that's pretty much fact at this point. And what they say is often reflective of how the organization is feeling. And he just flat out came out and said, if it comes to the Tigers deciding between Akil Badu and Victor Reyes going with Badu all the way. I was very surprised by that take for multiple reasons. One, Victor Reyes, like I said, has been somebody that the organization has viewed highly over the last several years. He has gotten better. I would have thought for sure he you could have penciled him in potentially for an outfield spot in 2021. And this is where I, I admit I was a little bit ignorant because three years ago, I knew that Victor Reyes was going to make the team out of spring training. He was a Rule 5 pick, and the reason for that is because uh, that was a really, really terrible outfield. In fairness to what Avila has done this offseason, there is more depth at the outfield positions, and that means if Akil Badu is going to make the team, which I think the Tigers hope for, then he's probably going to knock somebody off the roster. Lynn Henning then went on to say that I believe a guy who could slash should lose out in the Badu sweepstakes is one, Jacoby Jones. Still waiting at almost 29 for Jones to show he should be a big league regular. Am thinking the curtain has tumbled there. I'd go with Badu over Jones today. I am stunned by that. Now, first of all, this is where I feel like I'm missing something, like wholeheartedly missing something. And I, I'm again, maybe I'll plead ignorance here, but I'm looking at Akil Badu's numbers. Okay, this is a guy with a 780 OPS in the minor leagues. Okay, sure, 357 on base percentage, 230 strikeouts compared to 140 walks. You can work with that. All right, that's a solid on base guy. Hits for power. Seems to be fairly versatile. Has a fair amount of speed. This is a guy who hasn't played above A ball yet. He has not made it to high, to a higher level in professional baseball than A ball. And we're talking about him potentially knocking Jacoby Jones out of a roster spot. That, that I don't get. Now, look, I, if this was two years ago, I'd be like, okay, for sure, that makes sense. Jacoby hasn't shown anything. Jacoby Jones was good last year. Of course, you know, limited sample size, but hey, he was pretty good in 2019 too. Not amazing. Defense took a step back, had, you know, a negative war, negative 0.1 war, but you look at what he did in like May to September of 2019. It seemed like he'd fixed his swing on his own, had a pretty good season last year in 2018, despite poor offensive numbers, put up a 2.1 war. I mean, that guy's more of a big league player than Akil Badu is. Now, again, I get it, Rule 5 idea, Akil Badu would have to start the team on the Major League roster, and you'd have to keep him there basically the whole season. It's one of the strangest things in all of sports. It really is. I, I, I understand why it exists to a certain extent, because you're trying to protect minor leaguers, but man, it's it's very odd, and it's, it's weird to kind of work around. Yeah, when I first heard this, I was a little bit baffled, uh, I'll be honest with you, and, and it, uh, if the Tigers believe that Akil Badu is some superstar in the making who just needs to find something or a very good Major League Baseball player in the making and needs to find something. 
and they, he makes the team out of spring training, then I guess the one you would knock off would be Jacoby Jones. I don't think they're ready to give up on Victor Reyes yet. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to cut Nomar Mazzara or ha- not have Mazzara start the year on the Major League roster. Leland was talking all kinds of, pra- heaping all kinds of praise talking about him a couple days ago. People seem to like that signing. Robbie Grossman is a lock. So that means we'd be talking about an outfield with Grossman, Mazzara, and Victor Reyes with Adu, Adu, with Badu as your backup option in an outfield position. I don't know, man. Have at it. We got a long ways to go. I, but at the same time, and it's what where Rule Five is very, very difficult to navigate through. I, I completely understand that. But even if if this Akil Badu kid hits, you know, nine hundred down in in Lakeland. I still have a hard time believing that he's ready for the major leagues. Now, I get the idea, of course. No Rule 5 pick is technically ready for the major leagues. You give them reps, you throw them into the fire, and then they kind of develop the way, in fairness, Victor Reyes has kind of developed, right? But I don't know. Maybe I just like Jacoby Jones more than other people do. I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Like, I think, I get it, he's going to be 29 this year, but he was pretty darn good last year. Only 30 games, I get it. Injury prone, sure, but I just worry about the slippery slope, where like three years from now, there's going to be another Akil Badu, and then some other outfield outfielder for the Tigers is going to get cut. You know, it's like at a certain point, you're just kind of in this endless loop of just rebuilding. We shouldn't be at a point right now. In 2021, the Tigers should not be at a point, considering how deep we are into this rebuild. They should not be at a point where they are choosing between a Rule 5 draft pick and a 29-year-old outfielder with a career war of 2.2 to potentially fill a roster spot. Again, if it was 2018, I might feel a little bit differently, but today, I'm not really vibing with it, and I find it pretty darn frustrating, to be honest with you. So yeah, I just I wanted to talk about that, because I hadn't talked about Badu that much. Uh, I figured he would probably make the team out of spring training, but uh, I guess I didn't pay attention to the fact that someone's probably going to have to bite the bullet and start the year in the minor leagues, or get designated for assignment. I don't know how many options they have left with Jacoby Jones. And that may have to happen if they want to open up a roster spot for Akil Badu. So yeah, that'll do it for segment one. Be right back with a little bit more news. I'll talk about whatever I want to talk about here in segment number two. See you in a second. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even... A new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We're covering everything you need to know about the Tigers, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
And we're back, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to segment number two today. This is one of those shows, man, and this is where with the longer shows, the longer formats, it's it, this is one of those days where it's tough to find stuff to talk about. And I know there's people who accuse me of of not doing preparation. I do a fair amount of preparation. I really do. Throughout the day, I, I think about stuff to talk about, and I, I, I practice it when I'm driving home or even before I start recording. But this is one of those days where I've been you know, perusing through Twitter, going through the baseball Reddit, trying to find something, and there's not a whole lot. But there is one thing. That happened last weekend. I believe it was on Saturday that I wanted to discuss. You guys see Trevor Bauer, I believe, pitched an entire spring training outing with one eye closed. He is, and I'm an odd bird, so this isn't meant to be an insult. He is one of the oddest of odd birds. I, I can't get a gauge on him. Like, I really can't. And that is why, in fairness, whether you like him or not, you have to admit he's kind of fascinating. Because I don't know if this is some ultimate act of trolling or if he actually thinks he's working on something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if he thinks, he actually thinks it, it's like helping him pitch. It's helping his his depth perception. I don't I don't know. Now, if you're going to do it, do it in spring training when this stuff doesn't matter. Trevor Bauer just signed a massive contract. He doesn't have to worry about not making the team. He said, and I'm looking at the quote right now, I like making myself uncomfortable and throwing stuff my way and trying to find a solution for it. That's how you improve. Find a way to make yourself uncomfortable, then get comfortable with it and do it again. Okay, I mean, neat philosophy. I, I just, at, at what point is he going to have to pitch with one eye closed? I don't, I don't understand that. And Drew Robinson, my hero, responded and was like, "What do you think about pitching to somebody with one eye closed?" Which I thought was beautiful. Drew Robinson obviously lost his eye in a suicide attempt last year, and it's it's amazing that the guy is able to keep you know even a good sense of humor about that. He's the best, and hopefully he sees the major leagues at some point again soon. Like I go back and forth so much with Trevor Bauer. I've even done it on this podcast a million times, but you can't deny that the guy is fascinating, and you can't deny, and this speaks more to MLB's inability to market their players, but Trevor Bauer is the face of baseball. Now, we all have an idea of who we want to be the face of baseball. Like I think ideally, the casual, or not the casual, but like the diehard baseball fan would prefer that it be Mike Trout, right? Because Mike Trout's the best player, right? LeBron James is the face of, of the NBA. He's the best player. Tom Brady, or Patrick, Patrick, it's probably Patrick Mahomes now, is the face of in that, the National Football League. He's the best quarterback in the league. Not of all time. That's Brady. But you, ideally, you'd want it to be Trout. And if not Trout, then Mookie Betts or, or DeGrom. But it's not. Like, if I feel like if you were to ask a random person on the street, who is Mike Trout? Or showed him a picture of Mike Trout and asked, who is this? They wouldn't, the more people would know who Trevor Bauer was because of the YouTube stuff, because of the social media following. And, and look, that goes, that's both a positive and a negative because half those people would say, yeah, I know who that guy is and I hate him. But it also means that the guy's done an incredible job of marketing himself in a sport that is so bad at marketing players. Like hopefully in a few years, we can look at this and say, Hey, Fernando Tatis is the face of major league baseball. Everyone knows who he is. Everybody loves him. He's the new Derek Jeter. I don't see that happening, and I love Fernando Tatis. He's my favorite player in the game right now, but as much as people want to hate on big market teams like the Dodgers or like the Red Sox or like the Yankees, the fact is those teams get the most pull. Those teams get the most eyeballs on them, and the the, the popular players on those teams are the more popular players in baseball. Derek Jeter was amazing, but if Derek Jeter played for the Baltimore Orioles, he would have never been the face of baseball. It's the fact that he was the shortstop for the New York Yankees. Even if the Orioles would have had, would have repeated the success that the Yankees had in the late 90s and early 2000s, where they won four championships in five years, and they won those three in a row in 98, 99, and 2000. Even if they would have done that, he still would not have been the face of baseball. He benefited from the fact that he played in New York for the Yankees. Fernando Tatis plays for the Padres, who are going to be an 
awesome, awesome team this year. They really are. I can't wait to watch them. They had such an amazing offseason, so much to be excited about there, but let's not kid ourselves. The San Diego, if we're ranking most popular teams in the state of California, you go the the Lakers, the Dodgers, the Rams. I mean, pretty far down on that list is the Padres, and so I have a hard time believing that a guy in that market can be the face of baseball unless he markets himself the way that Bauer did because Bauer played in Cleveland, which is a big market. They act like they're a small market, but Cleveland is not a small a small market in terms of baseball. They just spend like they are. Then he went to Cincinnati, which is another so-so market, and now he's in Los Angeles, and I can't help but feel like that's part of the reason why he signed in Los Angeles. Trevor Bauer loves exposure. Whether you like him or not, the guy wants to be at front and center. He wants to be the, the center of attention, and I can't really knock him for that necessarily. I mean, it leads to a lot of criticism and a lot of hate, some of which is, is very justified, but I think Trevor Bauer has ripped a tear through the entire system because for so many years, everybody stood back and was like, oh my God, baseball's the worst at marketing their players. Derek Jeter was the last one. What can we do? What can we do? And Bauer, who, good pitcher, right? Won the Cy Young last year. He was selling t-shirts saying it was a Mickey Mouse Cy Young, so even even he's in on the joke a little bit, but he was like, okay, what if I decided to market myself? What would happen? And what would happen is he's become the most talked about player in the game. And you look at like clicks and, and you look at traction, what he gets, the guy's trending all the time. He is the most talked about player in baseball. And I, I think the guy's a good pitcher, but I also can't help but feel like that's pretty darn sad when you have Mike Trouts and you have Mookie Betts and Aaron Judges and Aaron Judges and Juan Soto, who's amazing for the Nationals and as well, has a ton of charisma, had an amazing run in 2019 with the Nationals, had like close to a 500 on base percentage in the, in the small season last year. Those guys do not get talked about as much as Trevor Bauer does. You could also argue that there's a little bit of a Howard Stern principle there. Like if you've ever seen that movie Private Parts that kind of tells Howard Stern's story, there's a moment where they say like people, he gets all these ratings, half the people love him and the people that hate him, they hate listen to him. I think there's a little bit of that with Trevor Bauer. Like I think that if you really, really despise everything Trevor Bauer does, if you despise his YouTube channel, if you despise his political beliefs, the best thing you can do is ignore him. Like, that, that's the biggest insult you can pay the guy. The fact is all these people who are like, oh my God, I can't stand him, are still talking about him. And to be talked about is to be relevant, and to be relevant is so much better than to ever be irrelevant. And w this entire segment, what I just spent my time on here, is the prime example of his power. Like I said, I go back and forth with him. I, I've disagreed with him on a lot of stuff. I know he said some nice things about my videos. I think he is a very good pitcher. I even believe like he earned that contract. I think he's going to be really good with the Dodgers. But I just spent a seven-minute segment talking about how a guy pitched with one eye closed. And that, I mean, that's the power of Trevor Bauer. I didn't even mean for that to rhyme. Castellani's spitting bars today. But yeah, I wanted to discuss that. Until proven otherwise, don't let anybody tell you Trevor Bauer isn't the face of baseball because he is. He's the most talked about player in this sport because of weird random stuff like what he did on Saturday pitching with one eye closed. Right, so that'll do it for segment number two. When I come back, I'm going to wrap this up with a final topic and call it a day. Be right back. You know the drill by now, everybody. Football might be over, but college basketball and NBA and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Coming up this week on Locked on Tigers, we will be recording on Wednesday, but on Thursday and Friday, we'll be 
one of our several division days. I'm going to be recording a podcast with my friend Nash Walker, host of Lockdown Twins. Really excited to talk with him. Twins had a very interesting offseason. They've been the reigning AL Central champions for the last two seasons. Nash is one of my favorite guys on this network. Guy's a ton of energy, ton of charisma. So look forward to that later this week. Really appreciate it. Let's get back to the final segment of today's show. We're back, everybody, for the final segment of today's show. Like I said, there's not a whole lot of news to really cover today. And I guess I want to pose a question to you guys. And it's it's a question that guys and girls, you know, I've gotten accused recently. I was on the Mason Brew Discord during the Michigan football game. And I, I'm going to pose this question to to all of you today. And, and I don't know, it'll probably end up hurting my feelings, but whatever. I'm a, I'm a sucker for pain. Am I too negative? Because uh, maybe, look, in general, and this is where I'm going to get into the weeds here and just talk about my mental health. I've always been negative. I've always had a very sky is falling down view of the th- of things. Now, that makes things really exciting when things end up going right because it's like, wow, I thought this would be awful and it turned out to be a lot of fun. But I, I've had a lot of people DM me on the Lockdown Tigers account and be like, man, you're you're coming across as pretty pessimistic on the show. And look, if that's where I'm at, if that's who I am, then I... I apologize. I think I'm real. Uh, like I, I don't think that I'm. I've said anything that's crossed the line. And I have in the past. I have in the past. You go back and watch my early videos. I've said a lot of things I shouldn't have said. Uh, I was mean to players, mean to managers, mean to coaches, and I was. I was a little punk. I, I don't think I do that anymore. I guess the difference between me and maybe like some other writers or podcasters in the state is, I can't spin the last four years of Tigers baseball positively. Now, if you want to say, hey, what about those great draft picks? Okay, you know what? Fine. But the the reason they did that is because they had zero faith in their ability to develop players. The Dodgers never tanked. The the Yankees have never tanked. The Nationals never tanked. Yeah, they had some bad teams, but they never tanked. Juan Soto wasn't some number one overall pick. They signed him. You tank when you have the worst of both worlds, when you are terrible at the major league level and you have a thin farm system. That's why the Cubs did it. That's why the Astros did it. That's why the White Sox did it. But it worked. It worked. And the fact is the White Sox rebuild went a lot more swiftly than the Tigers did because they had talent at the major league level and they got back a lot of prospects. And yeah, they waited two years for them to develop. But guess what? You look at them now, it's the best bleeping lineup in the American League. They are right now what the Tigers should be a year from now. And I don't see a year from now the Tigers being in position to have that good of a team. I'm excited about Tigers baseball the way that I'm always excited about Tigers baseball because it gives me stuff to talk about. But I don't know. I've listened to other Tigers podcasts and there seems to be a little bit more optimism emulating off of people. And and I uh, maybe I'm just constant Debbie Downer. I don't believe when I survey the landscape of the organization that I am any meaner than I should be. I think I'm pretty darn fair. But if I can't see something, then maybe it means that I'm missing something. Maybe there is something about this upcoming version of the Detroit Tigers that I should be excited about. Maybe there is something that Avila is doing or Illich is doing that I should be holding out hope for. And yeah, I'm holding out hope for certain guys. Like I believe in the prospects, right? I think they're going to have some good good hitters coming coming soon. I think they're going to have some good pitchers coming soon. I think they fell into maybe the best manager in the entire sport. That's cool. But beyond that, this is going to be, it's going to be the fourth, fifth year in a row that they've been awful. Not just like not competitive, 
Not losing, you know, four out of seven games a week. No, I mean, like, legitimately gutter trash. Like, losing basically every day and winning on accident when they do win. So that's going to be five years in a row and six out of seven because they were in last place in 2015. 2015 was a terrible year. I'd kill to have 2015's team go 74 and 87. They didn't play one game because it got rained out. To, to start off hot, to have Miggy winning a batting title and Verlander returning, like I, that team was 1984 compared to what they have now. But I, I do feel like sometimes I do people a disservice because I feel like if I was an outsider, if I was just a casual baseball fan deciding whether or not to watch the Tigers and I were to listen to this podcast, I would probably scare people away from watching them. And I don't mean for that to be my intent. I believe I get paid to share my opinion. And my opinion is often critical of the organization. But if you pay attention to the other sports I talk about, the other teams I talk about, I think I'm pretty down the middle, right? Like, Michigan basketball has had an amazing year, and I praise them for their amazing year. They won the Big Ten regular season outright. They deserve to do that. They also just had a week where they went 1-2 and two and lost to a rival in Michigan State and got punched in the mouth by Illinois. That was a really bad week. And I went on the other day with my friend Anthony, and I criticized him. My philosophy has always remained the same. You do things I like, I will be happy about it. You do things I don't like, I'm going to be pretty upset and pretty pretty angry. And I'm going to tell you why I'm angry. I'm not just going to blindly say, oh, I'm angry for no reason. I'm going to tell you why I'm pissed off about something. I believe I'm fair, but I also believe that sometimes I isolate my audience with my negativity. My response to that is, give me more things to be positive about, please. De- I desperately beg for that, and I just... This team kind of continues to let me down. I know I've really been all over the place today. This podcast is going to require a lot of edits because I've been stumbling over myself. But you can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. I guess I'll talk about this real quick because I'm still not like regularly tweeting. But I posted a thing yesterday, and I I mentioned it uh, near the end of yesterday's show as well, uh, about kind of my mental health journey and where I've been. And the reception was... It, very positive. You know, I, I appreciate all the positive feedback. I got a lot of messages, and some I read, some I didn't, because it was just, I don't know, it, got, it was very emotional, that, that stuff for me. And I appreciate all the kind words and, and the friendly gestures. I'm not enjoying social media anymore, and I, I am going to be back doing videos on opening day, but at some point I'm going to make a decision, because I thought maybe it was a blip. I thought maybe it was, you know what, pandemic season just not enjoying it. People on social media are vicious. I'm not feeling great. Maybe it's just a small little, you know, blip in the radar and I'll come back and be better than ever. But we're coming up on we're coming up on almost a full year now in which I haven't enjoyed the presence that I have on social media. And I'm gonna have to make a decision, but I'm willing to give it one more shot, uh, coming back on opening day and, and I appreciate the kind things that all of you said to me. So at Castellani twenty fourteen on Twitter. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers while you're at it. Go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. I'll be right back here tomorrow with some more Tigers news. We're going to actually be talking about a spring training game, which will be nice. So thank you very much, everybody. I will see you later. Have a good day. Go Tigers.